The views expressed in this program are those of the participants. Just, what, what do you know about the vaccine? You know about the experiments? I didn't think anybody else knew about that stuff. It stands to reason if the big death is coming back, they're going to want a vaccine. No, 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 no. See, that's where you got it all wrong. The vaccine is what's bringing the big death back. You want to see? You want to see it with your own eyes? Because I'll show you. You've come this far. Come on. You're brave enough to go the rest of the way? You want to see this thing through to the end? Or do you want to walk away? I gotta know. I gotta know. Let's go. Let's go. Welcome, everyone. It is Thursday, September 1st, 2022. I'm Bob Metz, and this is Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. Join us for an hour of discussion that's not right-wing. It's Just Right. Fade into color, color into black and white. Under the bedclothes, everything will be I have warned in the past that I may be forced to go down some very dark rabbit holes, and this is one of those times. There's simply no denying it anymore. The vaccine holocaust is upon us, and it is ironic indeed that if you were to deny any aspect of the Nazi holocaust, you could find yourself censored or behind bars. But if you deny the current vaccine holocaust, which is the greatest known war crime in history occurring right in front of our eyes, you will be rewarded by the same political machine. When it comes to the vaccine holocaust, acknowledging it is what might get you censored or behind bars, at least until its advocates and promoters can change and reverse their vaccine narrative. And reversing that narrative is exactly what they're trying to do, as we shall learn right after our reminder that you can write us at feedback at justrightmedia.org. Hear us on WBCQ and on Channel 292 Shortwave. Follow and like us on your favorite podcast platform and visit us at justrightmedia.org where you can access all of our social media links and archive broadcasts. As always, your financial support is appreciated and is what makes this show possible. This from the Epoch Times. Date August 22, 2022. The headline reads, Unusual toxic components found in COVID vaccines. Without exception, quote-unquote, slash German scientists. Written by Enrico Trigoso. And I quote, A group of independent German scientists found toxic components, mostly metallic, in all of the COVID vaccine samples they analyzed, quote-unquote, without exception, using modern medical and physical measuring techniques. The Working Group for COVID Vaccine Analysis says that some of the toxic elements found inside the AstraZeneca, Pfizer, and Moderna vaccine vials were not listed in the ingredient lists from the manufacturers. The following metallic elements were found in the vaccines. Cesium, potassium, calcium, barium, cobalt, iron, chromium, titanium, cerium, gadolinium, aluminum, silicon, and sulfur. 
These substances, furthermore, are visible under the dark field microscope as distinctive and complex structures of different sizes and cannot be explained as contamination from the manufacturing process, the researchers found. The findings build on the work of other researchers in the international community who have described similar findings. The number and consistency of the allegations of contamination alone, coupled with the eerie silence from global safety and regulatory bodies, is troublesome and perplexing in terms of transparency and continued allegations by these bodies that the genetic vaccines are safe, Lindsay added. Helena Krenn, the group's founder, submitted the findings to German government authorities for review. We had submitted it to the participants of the government and further addresses from newspapers with the platform Open Debate EU, only in Germany, Austria, and Swiss, Krenn told Epoch Times. Two other important findings were that blood samples from the vaccinated had marked changes and that more side effects were observed in proportion to the stability of the envelope of lipid nanoparticles. A lipid nanoparticle is an extremely small particle, a fat-soluble membrane, that is, the cargo of the messenger RNA. Using a small sample of live blood analyses, from both vaccinated and unvaccinated individuals, we have determined that artificial intelligence can distinguish with 100% reliability between the blood of the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. This indicates that the COVID-19 vaccines can affect long-term changes in the composition of the blood of the person vaccinated without that person being aware of these changes, the study states. The findings of acute and chronic physiological changes to the blood of those inoculated with the vaccines, consistently discerned via AI software, also echoes the findings of many other researchers and supports the contentions of contamination and or adulteration, Lindsay said. We have established that the COVID-19 vaccines consistently contain, in addition to contaminants, substances the purpose of which we are unable to determine, their study says. The group consists of 60 members, including physicians, physicists, chemists, microbiologists, and alternative health practitioners, supported by lawyers and psychologists. They said that critics of the mRNA COVID-19 vaccines have been publicly defamed, ostracized, and economically ruined, and as such, contrary to the customary practice in science, we have decided to protect ourselves by remaining anonymous as authors of this report. The analysts explain that they have been cooperating with other groups in different countries that have been executing similar investigations and have obtained results consistent with their own. The results from our analyses of the vaccines can, consequently, be regarded as cross-validated, the summary report of their findings states. It should be acknowledged, of course, that German working group's work is described as preliminary findings not yet published in a peer-reviewed journal, and that chain of custody as well as the identity of many of these scientists is unknown. However, in this heavily charged and censored climate, when it comes to any challenges to the safety and efficacy of the genetic vaccines, I myself can attest to the difficulties in conducting the basic research, much less publishing that same research in a peer-reviewed journal in order to get these questions as well as disseminate the findings, Lindsay said. AstraZeneca, Moderna, Pfizer, and J&J did not respond to a request for comment, 
end quote. Well, you know, the very fact that knowledgeable, professional, and disciplined people feel it necessary to, quote, protect themselves by remaining anonymous as authors of a report, end quote, attests to the reality that we are already living in a police state and that much worse is yet to come. As if to fulfill my prediction, coming up next is a voice that's new to me and to our show, that of Charlie Robinson, whose August 27th posting on macroaggressions was truly chilling and haunting to the core. And even if only 10% of what he was predicting and projecting were to become part of our reality, scary stuff. We're going to look at how many people took the shots. We're going to look at how many people are hurt because of it. We're going to look at how many people are dead because of it. And we're going to look at how many people are going to be dead because of it. Let's first classify these into three categories. Short-term, medium-term, and long-term problems with the shots. Short-term, zero to 30 days, okay? Blood clots, myocarditis, strokes, heart attacks, spontaneous abortions, pulmonary embolisms. Not in every case, not in every person, not with every shot. Those are short-term problems. I think we would all agree those are problems. Medium term, this is one month to 12 months. This is the first year. You've made it through the first 30 days. Here's what you may expect. Again, not every time, not every person, but this is what's happening. And this is documented. This is provable. And I'm not making this up. VADES, Vaccine Acquired Immune Deficiency Syndrome. Vaccine AIDS. Tells your body to fight itself. ADE, antibody dependent enhancement. We've heard Robert Malone, Dr. Robert Malone talk about that. We had him on our Union of the Unwanted show. He explained that he is the inventor. Of, he, was, he was part of the team that invented the mRNA technology, not just for vaccines, but for other things as well. And he quite rightly pointed out that his big problem was that when you turn the mRNA technology on and tell it to start making spike proteins, the problem is you cannot turn it off. It just continues to make them. That is why you get ADE. That is why you get veins. Also in this medium term, one to 12 months, we have autoimmune reactions. We have heart failure. We have prion-like neurological destruction. That's in the first year. Third category is long-term. This is after the first year. So this is from year, the end of year one to year 10, 10 years. Okay. Again, let me be clear. We have not gone 10 years since we've taken, since this shot has been rolled out. But the people that are looking at this are telling you right now, this is what's coming based on their scientific background. I am not a scientist. I am not a doctor. I don't pretend to be one. Okay. I have to outsource some of this to those that know it. So I look for the doctors that know this best. We've had them on our shows in the past. They're the ones that I trust. They're the ones that are not being muzzled by the media. Long-term problems associated with the vaccine include spike protein-induced chromosomal damage, cancers, infertility, severe immunodeficiencies, suppressed DNA repair, and fatal autoimmune disorders. 
Okay. We're going to get into some statistics here. According to the CDC's website as of August 10th, 2022, I mean, this is going to be American, America-specific in some areas, and I'll make sure to differentiate that. And then if you're in a country outside of America, then you just, just understand this is what's happening in America, and then you can, it stands to reason it may be happening in your country as well. So American COVID-19 vaccination rates, at least one dose. Now, this is according to the CDC. These numbers may be a little bit inflated. Okay. One dose. 261,981,618 people have taken at least one dose in America. That works out to 78.9% of the population. Now, Dr. Robert Malone says that once you inject yourself with mRNA technology, you can't turn it off. In his mind, one shot, 10 shots, doesn't matter. Two doses. Those in America that have taken at least two doses. Number's still pretty high. Alarmingly high. 223,457,170 people have taken two doses. Now, in America, that gets you a designation of, quote, fully vaccinated. Okay, that is what is fully vaccinated. Fully vaccinated is is characterized as having taken two shots. We know there's two more. We know there's two more boosters. But when they say that you are fully vaccinated, that's the threshold they're using. So how many people in America are fully vaccinated with two shots? 67.3%. So roughly two thirds. Two out of every three people you interact with have taken two shots. How many people in America have taken those two shots plus one booster. That number is, it drops, but it's still massive. 107,872,738. That works out to 48.3% of the people that have taken two shots went ahead and got the third shot. So a little bit under half of those people. Two boosters. Now, in America, two boosters, is they're only being given to people 50 and older. In that category, who, people who have taken two shots and two boosters, four shots total, like Biden and all these people who, who, who may not have taken a shot at all. But that number is 21,064,657. They get very specific with the numbers. Okay. The reason why I'm pausing for this is because if you've taken two shots and two boosters, you're done. You're dead in this scenario. You just It just hasn't happened yet. And that's why I say this episode is really dark. And again, I don't want any of this to happen. I got people in this category. You have people in this category. But we're not going to get anywhere if we just pretend like, oh, everything will work itself out. Everything's going to be fine. No, it's not going to be fine. They have injected people with a time bomb, a poison that is killing people at an alarming rate. But it doesn't just get you right off the bat. Because like I mentioned, short term, medium term, long term, that long term goes out 10 years. Okay. It's going to develop, you're going to develop a host of problems.
it has been brought to my attention <laughs> that sometimes the topics in these monologues can get a little dark. It's true. And I've had this thought for a while now, and it, it, it's, it's it, like I said, it's dark. But I think maybe a lot of us have had this. I've written three books, and in the first one for sure, I don't know about the other two, but I, I mentioned Deagle, the Deagle chart. The Deagle chart came out in 2013. It came out, it simulated, or it, it was a chart showing population of 2015 throughout the world, and then the population of um, 2025, and, and the changes in those populations in in all the countries in the world and in the western world the drop was staggering 70 percent drop in population in some place in the uk 77 percent and nobody really got an explanation as to why people thought, well that's that's deagle that's that's fake it's not fake it's a real company, the military industrial complex company. They're the ones that do the analysis on where things are going to be in the world, how things are going to play out globally, how many helmets you're going to need to order and how many, you know, th these are logistical logistics companies that calculate and try to give, say, the military or the governments of these countries the best idea that they can give them as to what to expect in the future and how to plan accordingly. So they're very much a real company. And the chart had been there living in peace and harmony on their website for many, many years. And it's it's only fake be, to the extent that people don't want to believe it. But the chart's real. The company's real. Is the outcome real? I don't know. I hope not. Because it paints a very disturbing picture. Now, if you see this chart in 2015, and it shows a drop of population of, you know, 77% in the UK, you go, what the f did we get hit by a comet or something? What's going on? And you look and you go, well, if, if, there's, if, there, if there's this much of a decrease in population in, in these countries, then surely there has to be a corresponding increase in these other countries to account for the sudden loss of population in the UK. Where'd they go? there isn't a corresponding increase in the surrounding countries. They don't go up. Some of them do. Very few of them. That's why I say I, I, part of me wanted to not do this show. But again, what are we going to do? Are we going to pretend like this stuff doesn't exist? Are we going to pretend... Are we going to just go with the wishful thinking? Oh, well, I hope that's not real. So therefore, it's not real. And I'm not going to pay attention to it. I'm not saying to dwell on this. I'm not saying to like get yourself all freaked out. But we now have a very logical explanation for that drop in population. And you have to understand that Deagle sits in these meetings, right? These companies that are real connected, military industrial complex, deep state companies like this, they know what's going on before we know what's going on. This stuff isn't just randomly happening. It's made to happen. It's planned out well in advance. Now, that's not to say that just because they plan it, it means that every single component of that plan is going to come to fruition. It doesn't mean that at all. But if you don't have a plan, you become part of somebody else's plan, as they say, as Terrence McKenna said. <laughs>
And the governments of the world, Rockefellers, the, the, the non-governmental groups, they most definitely have a plan. So it is reasonable to, to believe that Deagle would know of the plan in advance of it happening. Now, when they were pressed on why their charts were showing such a massive drop, they gave two explanations for it. Global pandemic and a financial crash. Lucky guess, right, on the global pandemic stuff. We still haven't seen the financial crash, but we know it's coming. I mean, it's, it's been scheduled. So, according to the SPARS document, Everything comes true in 2027. Of course, according to the SPARS document, everything started much later, 2025-ish to 2027. So we can't really get mar too married to those dates. We can't, I can't say 2027 is the time when all of this will happen. It really doesn't so much matter what the date is. It matters the duration. All right, when did it start? It started here. And in their scenario, it started like the tail end of 2024 and then rolled out over 2027. So let's just say all of three years, three and a half years. So we started that in 2020. So you could roll that out three and a half years and see where things were going. The Deagle comes true in 2025. If, if we are to follow their script... And unfortunately, their script has been very, very correct so far. It's been very, it's matched up with reality uh, in a way that makes me feel very uncomfortable. Yeah, no kidding. Many social media voices, and a few in the mainstream as well, have long argued that the Agenda 21 and Agenda 30 agendas were quote-unquote fast-tracked, to use the words of Donald Trump, because of the election of Donald Trump, and because of the fear that he will be re-elected. And there's a lot of talk about what is being called the changing narrative, even as the narrative that remains the same continues uninterrupted. Suffice it to say that the changing narrative consists of the avalanche of data and the flood of testimonies and reports documenting not only that the bioweapons are bioweapons, but that the whole COVID pandemic was indeed a conspiracy that amounts to the greatest crime against humanity in all of known or recorded history. Forget biblical. That pales in comparison. And suffice it to say that those who are the true COVID idiots keep pushing the utterly false narrative that has remained the same for the past three years, such as, for a recent example, federal Conservative Party leadership candidate Scott Aitchison, whose response to rival Leslin Lewis generated the following headline as published in the August 26th edition of the National Post, quote, Nuremberg email a dog whistle to anti-vaxxers. Tory leadership candidate spar on comparison, written by Stephanie Taylor. Ottawa, Conservative Party leadership candidate Scott Aitchison is condemning Leslin Lewis's message to members last week about the Nuremberg Code and medical experimentation as nothing but a dog whistle to COVID-19 vaccine critics. Aitchison made the comments in a missive sent to party members Thursday, with less than two weeks before they must return their ballots, for a new leader by the September 6th deadline. Aitchison, an MP first elected for the party in 2019 and again last year, entered the leadership race as a largely unknown figure. 
Throughout the race, the rural Ontario representative has campaigned on a message of restoring decency in politics. He referred to those values in Thursday's message, saying he has heard from Canadians who are confused and, quote, appalled, end quote, at the comparison Lewis drew between contemporary issues and the Holocaust. In her message, Lewis provided a timeline of moments in history when humans have been subjected to experimentation, including some indigenous children in residential schools who were malnutritioned. She wrote that even in modern times, the tenets of informed consent and voluntary participation in scientific experiments can be easily undermined by even our modern governments. Although Lewis didn't mention COVID-19 in last week's note about the Nuremberg Code, a set of research guidelines established after the Second World War, when Nazi doctors carried out inhumane experiments on prisoners, Aitchison says some opposed to COVID-19 immunizations have compared vaccine mandates to the horrors of Nazi Germany. Leslin's email was a dog whistle to these people, so loud that it sounds more like a freight train's horn, Aitchison said. Let me be clear, being offered a vaccine that prevents serious illness and our government's response to this pandemic are not the same as being tortured in a Nazi concentration camp. Lewis responded to Aitchison's condemnation in a statement pointing out how her initial message never mentioned COVID-19. End quote. <laughs> wow. Conservatives continue to demonstrate that they are utterly useless in any philosophical fields whatever, especially when it comes to anything to do with freedom versus tyranny. Aitchison's comments are the very kind of thing that prompts us to open every episode of our broadcast with the phrase, not right-wing, just right. Because too many people are like him, who call themselves right-wing, and, and who are on the left. That's a completely leftist point of view that he expressed. Aitchison said, let me be clear, being offered a vaccine that prevents serious illness and our government's responses are not the same as being tortured in a Nazi concentration camp. Yes, they are, you lion hypocrite. Offered a vaccine? It was neither offered nor is it a vaccine. And if you are appalled at the comparison between contemporary issues and the Holocaust, you are so ignorant of the facts of today's reality and of the facts of the Holocaust that you yourself are a living example of the conditions that prevailed in Nazi Germany. Talk about a Holocaust denier. He's a Holocaust exhibit. Which brings us back to Donald Trump, whose own stand on the vaccines has generated a changing narrative that would place the blame for the vaccine destruction back squarely on him. In fact, on this side of our upcoming bumper, we hear from Greg Reese of InfoWars on August 27th in a feature he actually entitled, The Trump Vaccine. And on the return side of the bumper, a stunning testimony from Dr. Paul Alexander on Stu Peters' August 25th show, that not only was Trump being plotted against by the deep state, but that Trump himself was plotting against that same deep state. According to Pfizer's very limited human trials, 87% of pregnant mothers lost their babies after receiving the shot. And for those who survived the deadly shot and are able to reproduce, their offspring's DNA is now forever mutated. There is now irrefutable proof that the mRNA vaccines are a deadly toxin. 
Aside from the relentless, debilitating spike protein that's keeping everyone who has been jabbed sick, the vaccines contain metals. Metals that have been observed to self-assemble outside of the body. And most disturbingly, metals that assemble inside of the body. Studies show that these metals are found in the blood of 94% of those who have received a COVID vaccine. And these mysterious conglomerates of metal make their final appearance in the dead. All over the world, coroners are now finding that the arteries of the vaccinated have been clogged with mysterious growths, non-organic masses made up of conductive metals such as aluminum, sodium, and tin. This is what's most likely causing all the organ failure and heart attacks. Heart attacks in our children. Two days ago, I, f I flew out my first 10-year-old with a heart attack, and I had to fight the doctor in the ER because he's like, 10-year-olds don't have heart attacks. And I argued back and forth for 30 minutes to force his hand to get an EKG to find out that he was had almost a complete STEMI, which is ST-elevated myocardial inf infarction, for which you could see it lit up on the 12-lead EKG. And he's like, well, that's not possible. And I'm like, well, he was just vaccinated yesterday. It is very much possible. At any given time, people are getting a hold of me and the nurse advocates at American Frontline Nurses to help advocate because, as you've seen, there is victim shaming that, it do oh, it's anxiety, oh, it's this. But in actuality, if they put down that it was a vaccine injury, the physician, the corporation, the hospital, the clinic, they actually won't get reimbursed, so it gets labeled as anxiety. According to the whistleblowers, the doctors are lying about the vaccine deaths to make a few thousand bucks. Is that why Trump has been pushing the deadly shots, killing our own children for a measly million dollars? Now that the truth about the deadly COVID vaccines is finally starting to break free, the mainstream media is shifting their narrative and blaming it all on President Trump. And they've already laid the groundwork back in 2016 when the herd was told to believe that Trump is literally Hitler. We should look at Adolf Hitler in 1929. He was a kind of a funny kind of character that said the things that people were thinking. Where Donald Trump takes it, I have absolutely no idea. But Donald Trump is a dangerous man with the things that he has been saying. You might argue that Trump is innocent, but he doesn't. He brags of all the lives he has saved. And the herd will believe what they are told to believe. It shows you how unpainful that vaccine shot is. So everybody go get your shot. It works incredibly well, 95%, maybe even more than that. It works incredibly well. It's a great vaccine. It's a safe vaccine, and it's uh, something that works. I recommend you take it, but I also believe in your freedoms 100%. When you have the vaccine, people that do, and it's a very small number, relatively, but people that do get it get better much quicker. That's a very important thing to know. Uh, they don't get nearly as sick, and they get it. They get better. Lindsey Graham's an example. He said, "If I didn't have this vaccine, yes. I would have died." And you know what? I believe totally in your freedoms. I do. You got to do what you have to do. But I recommend take the vaccines. I did it. It's good. Take the vaccines. But you got no. That's okay. That's all right. You got your freedoms. But I happen to take the vaccine. The vaccines do work, and they are effective. I am, uh, I think I saved many, I don't think, I know, I saved millions and millions of lives throughout the world. We could have had another Spanish flu. We could have had, you know, in 1917, close to 100 million people died, they say. 
but it was really bad. And now other countries are using our vaccines and, uh, you know, tremendous. They're tremendously successful. You're playing right into their hands when you sort of like, oh, the vaccine. If you don't want to take it, you shouldn't be forced to take it. No mandates. But take credit because we saved tens of millions of lives. Take credit. Don't let them take that away from you. Okay, so the president made news. Do you agree with that? Right. Both the president and I are vaxxed, and uh, did you get the booster? Yes. I got it too. Okay, so... Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Welcome to the Stu Peters Show. My name is Stu. Well, on Monday, Tony Fauci announced that he is resigning. Sadly, he's not leaving to start a prison sentence or more appropriately go to a gallows. What the hell is really going on here? Well, hopefully we can get a little bit more information from Dr. Paul Elias Alexander, a former senior HHS official under President Trump. He says that he has some things to say about the CDC that nobody else knows. He couldn't even tell us what it was before coming on. Well, obviously, we're eager to hear what he has to say. Dr. Paul E. Alexander joins us now. Dr. Alexander, thank you so much for coming. We appreciate it. So let me get straight to the point. CDC, NIH, FDA, NIAID worked under President Trump to subvert him. They used their guidance to subvert him. I spoke to these people confidentially because I was there at the HHS, but they told me bluntly, our job, at CDC and the NIH daily is to undermine Trump. We're going to do that by making America seem ungovernable, unmanageable during the pandemic response, that everything he did was wrong. We are actually making the policies, but he's getting the blame. And that is what I found that President Trump didn't understand. They were hollowing him out, actually toppling a sitting president, and he was not understanding what the CDC and the NIH and the FDA were doing there. When I went to Washington, my position as a senior pandemic advisor to the Trump administration, and my job was at HHS. Redfield, Hahn, all of these people, Girard, they had sub-offices in my building. I dealt with them routinely. It became known to me quickly when I arrived in Washington with some high-level meetings that my job while being a pandemic advisor to Trump administration, I was actually selected to produce high level technical scientific report for the Congress and the Senate that they would table and call for hearings to, be, to begin a proper reorganization. Some of them explain a dismantling of the CDC. And I was to produce that reporting. I was to report directly to them who they are, and I was explained that they can't tell me exactly who, but the Oval Office also was involved. So that's what my job was. But I felt good because I realized that there were people in government who were trying to fix these corrupted alphabet agencies, these public health agencies. So So, um, is it safe to say that President Trump was aware of what your job was in dismantling the CDC? Did it come from President Trump? Was this a Trump initiative? Well, Stu, I'll say it this way. 
people I spoke with, I asked that question specifically. Is this a President Trump request direct? And the way they explained to me is they cannot tell me that, but they will say it involves the Oval Office. And that's how I will answer your question. But I'll say it this way, the swamp drained President Trump. He didn't understand the depth of the deviancy of the people around him and what Washington really was. How did it end up in the United States government conversations that masking or lockdowns would be an appropriate response? How did that conversation begin in the Oval Office or at HHS or in the CDC? Who is it that brought that to the table and said, yeah, this would be a great idea? Well, you know, the thing about it is that we saw those images, too, of the fallen down man who dropped all of a sudden in China. And that spooked everyone in the world. Propaganda. Totally fake. Propaganda. Yes. Totally fake. Yes, that was know. made up. Yes. We know those were lies, etc. But that spooked Trump, too. That spooked everyone. But the people who were the architects of the lockdowns and the school closures and the mass mandates was Francis Collins, Tony Fauci, and Deborah Burks. We need accountability and we need them in proper legal forums to answer to every single thing. And from my point of view, if we show that Fauci and Burks and Collins and these people, Bula and Bansell, caused the deaths of Americans, I want us to first clean them out financially, take every cent, and if we could imprison some of them, I would put them in a jail. That's not going far enough, in my opinion. The only penalty that's appropriate is the death penalty for the amount of damage that that man has caused to this world. If he is convicted of these crimes, he should hang. Uh, if you read the first four chapters of Bobby Kennedy's book, The Real Anthony Fauci, you will know a whole lot more. And I think that people should do that. It's not a super easy read, but it is worth the read. Read the first four chapters of that book. This is a man who roughly a decade ago forced kids had them held down and forced needles in their arms. Minority kids, black kids in impoverished communities of New York. Read the book. And everybody should be aware of who he actually is. This little weasel should be in the gallows somewhere. You are listening to Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. So, there we have, effectively, two slightly differing narratives regarding Trump's support of the vaccine rollout. I've heard many people who were around Donald Trump during his time in the White House point out how untrustworthy his staff was and how they were misleading him on all matters COVID and vaccine related. Now many of you may not be aware that Alex Jones recently put out a personal plea to Donald Trump to distance himself from the vaccine rollout gave him a month or something like that to do so. And guess what? Trump actually already responded to Jones and effectively said, no way. Trump is sticking to his stated support of the vaccines. Now on the face of it, this is a very unusual and inconsistent position for Trump to take. Consider this. Virtually all of the candidates he has been endorsing for the upcoming election are opposed to and at least aware of the vaccine injuries and deaths. Trump has never advocated any vaccine to be mandatory, ever, 
I have heard Trump, even in the mainstream media, occasionally advise against giving the vaccine to children. And, as I observed when we featured Trump's speech at the CPAC convention recently, Trump never mentioned the vaccines even once, and at least twice called for a complete end to all COVID lockdowns and restrictions. Trump was the first to insist that hydroxychloroquine be made widely available to the American public, only to find out later that his orders were being disobeyed, a fact that we heard Dr. Alexander relate on a past broadcast. So what's the rule in philosophy when you encounter what appears to be a contradiction? Well, that means something's in error, doesn't it? And only one thing is consistent regarding Trump's apparent inconsistency. Leading up to and during the beginning of the so-called pandemic, Trump gave the left everything they asked for, from floating hospital ships to ventilators to money to resources, and yes, even to a fast-tracked vaccine rollout. And none of their requested items ever amounted to anything, including the injections themselves. So I think there's a greater strategy behind Trump's take on the vaccines. And given some recent past testimonials that we've played on this show by others who have met and talked to Trump, they all assure us that Trump knows exactly what he is doing. Trump's reason for sticking to his pro-vaccine line may have nothing whatsoever to do with the efficacy of the vaccines themselves. He's a tactician and a strategist. If he thinks, for example, that the price paid for the consequence of his stand is less than what might have otherwise been paid, when, for example, he says the early rollout of the vaccine saved millions of lives, he might mean save them from decades of slavery and lockdowns as per the original agendas and timetables of the globalists. And here's someone else who takes this wider view on Trump's strategy. On this side of our upcoming bumper, David Nazipso of the X-22 report on August 24th. And on the return side, Charlie Robinson once again paints his Event 201 simulation of America's future. Now we know that Fauci, he sees the writing on the wall, and we have Senator Rand Paul right now, he's saying, and he wrote a letter, that the NIH needs to preserve all documents, communications in Fauci's possessions. Going back to 1984. We also have Senator Roger Marshall. He sent a letter to NIH reminding them of their legal responsibilities to collect and retain and preserve all documents, communications, and other records in accordance with federal law. Now, this is going to be very interesting. We'll have to see how this all plays out with Fauci. I don't think it's going to work out for him. I think we're going to see Nuremberg trials just like we saw back in uh, World War II. Now, the other thing that's very interesting is we know that Trump, he countered the World Economic Forum, the private West Central Bank. He countered their entire mission to bring us into the Great Reset, Green New Deal, to keep everything shut down with this fake pandemic he countered it with the vaccine and yes he took credit along the way and i do believe this was on purpose because in the end this is going to turn on these individuals and it seems that the deep state players they're starting to shift the narrative because why they lost the narrative of the pandemic the vaccine is turning out to be terrible there are so many different side effects they told us it was completely safe and effective. They push the mandates and they don't want to be blamed for this. So they're pushing it on Trump. And now they're coming out and they're saying that the Trump administration, they pressured the FDA 
for COVID-19 emergency use authorizations. And they're saying they did this on purpose to sway voters before the 2020 election. Well, didn't the vaccines come after the 2020 election? Yes, they were supposed to come before, but who held them back? The deep state players. Then they released them. And now they're trying to blame Trump. And remember, during his time in the White House, Trump, his administration, they were fighting for the reauthorization of hydroxychloroquine. He was pushing hydroxychloroquine because he knew that this would just stop the pandemic cold. And he continually fought for the reauthorization. Who pushed back on this? Was it the FDA? Absolutely. They're the ones who revoked the emergency uh, clearance for the drug because it showed that it was ineffective against COVID. Is it really ineffective against COVID? No, I think Drs. Lenko, the frontline doctors, and many other doctors showed that, no, that's not true whatsoever. I think them pursuing this path, this is gonna boomerang on them. And remember, time has gone by now, and now there is ample evidence that shows ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, it all works. And actually, Fauci knew about it, the FDA knew about it, other doctors knew about it, but they were instructed to shut it all down. And I do believe we're going to start to see information about that come out, just like everything else. Time is an amazing thing. Time shows you the truth. And if you just wait, instead of doing things out of fear, you will see the truth and it will be produced. Everything that they push for, the vaccine mandates, trying to have complete and utter control, it has all failed. As time goes on, people are now seeing the truth. And remember, Trump had very tough decisions to make because of what the deep state was doing. And in war, you do have tough decisions. Think about it. When we were storming the beaches of Normandy during the war, this was a tough decision. The generals knew at this time that there were going to be a lot of lives lost. Remember, we're in war right now. We're not in peacetime. This is an information war. So certain things had to be done. Actually, Blueprint kind of sums this up on Telegram. Sometimes there's no good choice. Sometimes there are only choices between bad and worse. If Trump had fired Fauci, they would have made him a martyr and blamed Trump for killing Americans and not following the science. Yes, they did this anyway, but it was post-pandemic. Trump can now say, look, I followed the scientists and they lied to us. Now people will support overhauling the CDC. Had Trump fired Fauci, all the blame would have been on him right now instead of the scientists. And he's absolutely right. And think about what he had to do with the vaccines to counter their entire plan to keep the entire world shut down for eight, nine, 10 years. This was put out by the New York Times saying this is how long it was going to take to get a vaccine. So during this period of time, we were going to have to keep the world shut down. And yes, there are certain decisions you have to make during a war, and that is exactly what we're in. But I do believe the deep state players, Big Pharma, the World Economic Forum, they all failed. Dan on Twitter put this out and says, we have won. They will never tell you, but we have. CDC stats, 
74.2 million people in the U.S. have not had a single dose of the jab. Another 157 million have refused a second or third dose. That's 22.5% of the population that have not been vaccinated at all. Same in the U.K. Their entire plan completely failed. And now they're scrambling. And you could see they're backtracking on everything. Speculation Island, right? This is part of our simulation. This is our event 201 doing this. I want to talk about and extrapolate out what does this mean? We get to we get to 2025 in Deagle's chart. Seven out of nine people in the UK are gone. 70% of the people in America, two, roughly two-thirds of the people in America are gone. Germany, two-thirds gone. Israel, just about half. 40% in Spain, 40% in France, 34% in Australia, 30, just about 30% in Italy, 25% in Canada, Norway, 72% in Ireland. Now what? What does that look like? I don't want it to be that way, but what is it going to look like? So I broke it down into three sections, economic, social, and strategic. Okay. This is not to say that there aren't others. And the things that I have on my list is in no way meant to be a full list of where we're going to go. The ramifications of, 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 of a catastrophe like this will be, I, frankly, such massive changes to civilization that it is almost impossible to imagine it. It really is. And again, I, 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 this is where I'm trying to say I'm not trying to scare people. It's just that this is scary. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm going to just be as clinical as I can going through this. I have to be, it's, it's too much. So let's look at it economically. Okay. What happens? You wake up and it's gradual. Of course, you know, people start dropping off and then they start dropping off in larger numbers. And then it becomes undeniable that there's a massive die off here. Let's talk about it from an economic standpoint. Deflation. Decrease in the general price level of goods and services. In real estate, there will be deflation because there's no demand for houses anymore because the people that would demand those houses aren't there. Those industries are gone. They just, there's, you never need to build a new house for a long time. So home construction stops. You fall into a deflationary death spiral in real estate where it's hard to value anything. You don't even know what things are worth anymore. You know, everyone would say, well, you know, it's worth a, yeah, I pay a lot to live in New York city and it's expensive and rent's expensive and buying a place is expensive, but I'm where I need to be. And prices are, or, you know, I get paid more because I'm there and yeah, everything's more expensive, but this is the epicenter. Well, take that out of the equation because New York city's done. There's no reason to be in there anymore. What does that do to real estate? Just a catastrophe, right? But it won't necessarily be deflationary for everybody. You will see an inflation in the price of goods and services because they're going to be harder to get. Supplies in the future will be 
severely limited. What we're used to here, this day-to-day just-in-time delivery service, our supply chain issues, you're going to have to imagine a world without them for a very long time. Dollar chaos. Nobody knows what's safe. U.S. dollar, garbage. Weimar Republic type wheelbarrows filled with cash. Totally worthless. Gold and silver explode in price because they know that there's at least some value. Supplies of gold and silver go through the roof. They're viewed over history as being having tangible value because of that. But again, when you've lost 70% of the population, it's f***ing chaos. Okay. Tax base is wiped out. No income tax. Nobody will pay it. You're not going to pay the government income tax after what they've done to you. Are you kidding me? No property taxes. Nobody left to pay it. Nobody's going to pay that anyway. Sales taxes will fall because there will be fewer sales. Local taxes will fall because there will be fewer people. Airline industry folds. No skilled labor. No pilots. They all were forced to take the shot. They're all dead if they took the boosters in this scenario. Air traffic controllers forced to take the shots. They're done. No mechanics. This isn't some guy working on your brakes down the street. This is airline mechanics. Very specialized. We all become Cuba. New cars? We're working on existing cars. Bankruptcies everywhere. How do you unwind this? What are you going to do? You're going to sue some guy who's dead from the vaccine? You're going to see that guy owed me money. That guy was supposed to fulfill his end of the bargain on this business transaction that we had. The company's gone, man. All the people died in there. I'm going to sue you. Good luck. Good luck with the court system. They're totally, it's totally clogged up. Medical establishment collapses due to a lack of trust. Now, in the Spars pandemic document, there is a, there's a segment at the end where the people figure it out. Too many people get sponge brain, mad cow disease, and prions and start turning up dead. And the general public figures it out and they revolt. In the Spars document, they revolt. In reality, in this scenario that we're talking about, same thing would happen. Society would break down. The trust in the medical industry would evaporate after this. No trust in doctors. If there are any. Are there any left? You know, the enthusiastic ones that were like, this is the greatest thing. This will save you. Got to take the shots. Got to take the boosters and everything. In this scenario, those people are gone. Social security goes away by design, I might add. They were never planning to pay out social security. It was always a Ponzi scheme. They knew it. And so did we. I've been calling government pensions and social services a Ponzi scheme since this show first debuted. Woe to the nation that values security more than freedom, for it shall lose both. And only the nation that values freedom more than security can possibly achieve both. 
Now, it was interesting how the statistics cited by Charlie Robinson detailing the number of people who took the shots pretty much coincided with the statistics cited by X-22 on the number of people who did not take any injections. So there was no conflict or contradiction there. However, Charlie Robinson portrayed the stats citing the number who took the injections as evidence of success for the deep state globalists, whereas X-22 sees the 25% or so who didn't take the injections as a failure for the deep state and globalists. It appears that each is operating on the opposite side of the same coin, but within the context of each of their arguments, their facts and observations are pretty much parallel. Are pretty much parallel. There are no contradictions I'm aware of that would invalidate either perspective. So depending on how you want to look at it, each view is valid without invalidating the other. And since we're talking about predicting the future, which is indeed impossible and pure speculation at best, I have great confidence in validating either perspective. And you know, as horrifying as the scenario being painted by Robinson is, how people recover from such a possibility will depend entirely on what political condition prevails, freedom or tyranny. If freedom, then I think that that, that proverbial power of the market will resurface much quicker than anticipated. But that's a story for another day, and it's been told before in history. But you have to admit, it's a brilliant weapon of war, the bioweapon being called a vaccine against COVID, when in fact it is a concoction designed to destroy everyone's natural immune system. From everything I'm hearing, that is all it does, and that is enough. How it does it is incidental. What this means is that everyone has differing symptoms that arise at differing times and differing rates. The Holocaust is thus practically invisible. Unlike a single bomb or explosion that kills large numbers of people in a single instant and captures our immediate attention, this weapon kills millions upon millions without anyone even noticing. Were it not for our ability to communicate with each other as individuals, through social media and other public avenues. The real question now is whether or not these dark projections of our future can be avoided or whether the damage has already been done. And if you haven't seen it yet, be sure to watch the documentary Uninformed Consent, which recaps events of the past two years in a way that looks every bit as chilling as some of the dark predictions of the future. There's a great quote attributed to Mark Twain that appears on the screen at the beginning of that documentary, which, if memory serves me correct, goes along the line of, it is easier to fool people than it is to convince them that they have been fooled. Fortunately, no one can really predict the future with any sense of certainty, other than by acknowledging that whatever that future turns out to be, it will be determined by what we do in the present, which, as always, is our only available point of action in the space-time continuum. And when one week from today becomes the present, be sure to act by joining us again then as we continue our journey in the right direction. And until then, be right, stay right, do right, act right, think right, and be right back here. We'll see you then. Fade into color, color into black and white, under the bedclothes. Everything will be alright. <laughs> Show me.
me a vaccination against marijuana and I'll show you a pot shot. 